True crime and paranormal podcast. I am Lexi. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm Lauren. (laughs) How are you? I'm Shoel. How are you? I'm Dandy. We're recording in a new location today. It's top secret. Can't tell you. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) If you hear my dogs barking, you'll know where. They're too cute, though. I just want to hug and kiss them. You can have them if you'd like. I don't think they're going to fit. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take them. <laughs> okay. Well, it was worth a shot, I guess. They're too cute. I don't know what to tell you. Well, hopefully they just don't bark or anything because we'll see. <laughs> we are in a new spot, but hopefully you can hear us well. I think this is going to work out just dandy. Pretty cool. Episode six. 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 Yay, Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> it's a good one. I've never been to Colorado. Have you? Yes. A couple times. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's right there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from here. Um, it's eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, on your way to Vegas, there's an exit, and it says Colorado, so you just take the Colorado exit. I would not think that that was the direction I would need to head in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't been to Colorado. I've been to Wyoming, which is right below it. Am mm-hmm. I right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Geography. <laughs> yeah. Wyoming from here is like two hours. Yeah. That's how I came in. I-80 West. Right. Right yeah. through Wyoming. The really sketchy part of Wyoming. <laughs> Was it sketchy? Oh, you so. didn't drive here in the winter. <clears throat> you can't. You got here in the summertime. I did. I got here in June. Right. The winter time, that canyon, it closes because it's so sketchy and so snowy. Darn. Yeah. Yeah, it is cold here. I know it's cold everywhere right now. Everybody's dealing with a bunch of coldness mm-hmm. all over the country. It's crazy. The air quality here is really bad right now. Just because we're in the valley with the mountains and yeah. everything, the air quality, everything gets trapped in. And so until we have a windstorm or a snowstorm or something, yeah. we're going to have this shitty air quality it's definitely not something that people outside of here talk about like i did not know that until i came here like literally on my weather app there's like it tells me how good the air quality is today Mm -hmm. because it is not always good and right now everything looks tan and you can just see that the air is like you can literally like (laughs) swim your way in through the air no literally is it like a red zone today i'm checking it was before but i don't think it is now it's funny because it says like not good quality for sensitive people but then sometimes it says like hazardous and i'm like oh my god should i go outside (laughs) it says air quality index is 138 which is similar to yesterday but but like it says unhealthy for sensitive groups Hmm. yeah like we have really bad air quality (laughs) like look at the map it's all orange yeah and like sometimes on like the highway signs here what is it a freeway sometimes on the freeway signs Mm -hmm. here like above the exits it will say like avoid going outside like it's crazy like yeah the, the air, air quality is real shitty hot damn stuck in this this valley i literally this woke up this morning and i was like why can't i breathe and then mm-hmm. i walked outside i was like oh that makes sense we're just in this little valley canyon utah land mm-hmm. well you are true crime this week sure am and i'm excited <laughs> 
uh, because she's been eluding that her true crime for this week and her paranormal for next week are ones she's pumped about. Yeah, these this episode and the next ex- episode, well, are going to be really good, I think. I'm going to try my very hardest, but I'm really excited about them, so. We, like, every week are like, guys, this one was really good. Like, if you're going to listen to one, <laughs> listen to this week because it's, like, really good because we just keep getting better at this and we're so excited. Yeah. And we have lots of amazing, supportive people who are listening each week, so... Thanks for helping us be legit, guys. Legit. Legit-ness. Legit. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? No. Not that I can think of. Just talking about the weather and the air and I your feel puffs. like... Hi, Bentleys. <laughs> you guys are so cute. Yeah. He's just trying to find a spot because I took his comfy. chair. Yeah, I took a oh chair. yeah, Lexi's sitting in apparently <laughs> Bentley's chair. This dog is not small by any means. He is a large dog, and he just hopped up on the chair, like on the back of it, just standing all fours on the back of the chair. I was like, "How when, is he doing that?" When I worked from home, he I would sit in this chair because it it's really comfortable. Yeah, and he would, dude. It's literally like a cat. Like he's literally like a cat, like sitting above you, like on the couch, like when a cat sits. Like on, it's so weird. He's he would, huge too. He would jump behind me, and he would literally sit right behind me, and I would work like this for hours. Do you hear him? Yeah, he's getting comfy. He's just, he's just trying to make his bed. I'm sitting in his chair. Hey, who? Special guest. Oh, he's actually leaning up against the mic. So <laughs> hey, special guest Bentley. Dude, go lay. Holla at your girl. Go lay. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, buddy. Sit down. The more attention you give him, he's gonna. Oh. I don't know you. Go away, Bentley. Uh-huh. No. Not me trying to ignore a dog. It's so hard for me. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally like in the microphone, guys. He wants to be our co-host so bad. He's so annoying. <laughs> he's just uh, sitting there like. I think he's over us now, so it doesn't oh, worry. Yeah, oh, no, he's not. He's back to being a cat on the chair. Okay. Oh. All right. Okay, so true crime. Let's, let's just, get into it. We're just jumping right in. Um, all right. So my story, like I said last week, is a recent one. Oh, yeah, I So I'm sure you've seen it on the news or you've seen it in other places, um, social media and whatnot. Um, but my story is about the dun, 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 Watts family murder. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> um, so this is about Chris Watts. And if you haven't seen that, you should probably watch the news. You should probably catch up with it. Okay, I'm excited. Yes. Give me the full details. All right. Um, so the Watts family murder. Um, so there is a documentary about this. It is called The American Murder, The Family Next Door. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. Yeah, no, it's really good. With that documentary, the entire documentary is, like, first-hand footage. So it's a lot of Facebook videos, a lot of police cam video, interviews, um, reports on the news, all that kind of stuff. So, um you when you watch the documentary it's very firsthand yeah, in a lot of sure. things so, so it's really good you yeah. get a lot of like feel for the type Hot of damn. stuff okay mm-hmm. um so it takes place on august 4th 2018 mm. in frederick colorado 
A woman named Nicole Atkinson decided that she was going to text her friend, Shanann Watts, and just kind of check on her and see how she was doing, uh, because the night before, or I guess the morning before, um, around 2 a.m., Nicole dropped off Shanann um, at home because they were gone in Arizona for an MLM uh, conference in, mm. for work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what MLM is, it's like direct sales essentially so they just did a convention for sales awesome um they it was like a weight loss pill what they were selling and they were selling to thrive essentially so they were just trying to build their business yeah um and all that kind of stuff and so through working through this business nicole and shanann's friendship really blossomed working together um, they also had children around the same age, and so they had a lot of play dates, and they just became really close really fast. Okay. Um, so that morning, Nicole dropped off Shanann around 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. from coming home from the airport, and Nicole just wanted to check on her to seeing how things were after her third trip in Arizona. Mm-hmm. because Shanann was on edge the entire time. She wasn't eating. She wasn't drinking. She was really anxious. Oh, no. And um, Shanann was an avid user on social media. She was always texting back super quick. She was always posting on social media, like, from the moment she woke up. Yeah. Um, whenever she went to bed, like, that She's was always her on thing. her phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for Shanann not to text Nicole back super quick was kind of strange, um, she also knew that Shanann had a doctor's appointment that morning and it was just an appointment that she would not miss. And so for her not to be texting her back and that kind of stuff, it was really strange. Oh no. After a couple hours, Shanann still wasn't responding to her. So she knew something was wrong. At 1146 AM, Nicole texted Shanann and saying, I'm very worried about you. I'm coming to your house. <clears throat> so at 12.10 p.m., Nicole showed up to the Watts house, and it was like nobody was home, which was kind of odd because Shanann worked from home. And by then, Shanann still wasn't responding to Nicole. So Nicole called the cops, and she calls Shanann's husband, Chris. Chris is 33. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two daughters. Um, he was working at a oil and gas company um that morning that morning um chris left home around 5 15 to 5 30 so he knew of nothing what was going on um he when he was asked where shanann would be he was like he should be home i don't know where she would be um so he arrived at the house at 1 40 p.m in the doc in like i said in the documentary they use a lot of police cam footage and so you get to see his reactions to a lot of things and i guess when you watch the documentary the his reaction isn't like frantic he's just like i don't know where she is yeah kind of chill which is like really interesting like body language is always you know like something that's like a telltale especially people who like know how to read that Mm -hmm. i also um my first thought when you said that nicole called the police and then chris i was like hmm yeah why wouldn't she just call Chris? She already knows that he wasn't reliable to know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Keep it coming. Well, well you'll find out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so when Chris arrived at the house, he let the, the police in. And when they get in, there are no kids. And Shanann is nowhere to be found. They also find Shanann's phone. And Chris was like, this is odd. This is Shanann's lifeline. It is yeah. everything to Shanann. Like I said, she's 
always on her phone. She always has her phone with her. Um, so Chris runs into the girls' rooms, and he sees that they left their blankies, and he said that would never happen. They mm. always have their blankies with them. They can't sleep without them. They can't go anywhere without them. Um, they also did notice that Shanann's purse was left at home, which was kind of unusual. Sus. Because, um, besides her phone, that purse had everything. It had her medication in it. It had things for mm. the girls. It just had everything in there that she would need. Mm. Um... Chris uh, went and checked in their room as well, and he noticed that her wedding ring was on the nightstand, and there was no note with it, and so that kind of threw a red flag as well. Um, so yeah. after them going through the house and kind of just checking around, the police walked around the neighborhood and asking all of the neighbors if they have if they had any footage, like any ring cams, yeah, like security cameras, yeah. anything like that that would show any any suspicions or anything gonna be here honestly Mm -hmm. like see anything that's like um odd can like later be helpful even if it's not necessarily them right um one neighbor did have ring cam footage of chris leaving his house around 5 17 a.m so that did like hmm full say or sorry That did give like his alibi that his he, alibi did live, he did leave. Okay. Leave his house around five thirty ish. Um. So the police asked him if he would have any idea where Shanann would be, and he said, "I have no idea where she is." We did have an emotional conversation, not a fight, just an emotional conversation. That's all I could think of. So that was a little weird. Between two two thirty in the morning and five seventeen. Yes. Why is this man when not she got home? It was a little weird, and so the police were like, okay, whatever, this oh, the emotional conversation, what is that? Yeah, like, like means so many things. Like, it was an argument, but it was a conversation. Um, so, a little bit of a background on Shanann and Chris. <coughs> um, um, so, Shanann was a avid user on social media. Yeah. She portrayed their family to be perfect Ugh. like instagram perfect yeah they were social media happy and happy <laughs> happy not real happiness <laughs> yeah. social media happy um she did post daily about their lives working from home posting about their mlm um always posting about if they mm. went to the park we, this is what we ate for dinner mm. um Shanann described in a post um, about how they met, and Chris added her randomly on Facebook, just out of the blue, and she thought, what the heck, why not, I have tons of friends, I'll never meet him, I'll never talk to him, type of thing, Mm. Um, but eventually they did meet, um, and when they started dating, she just kind of tried pushing him away, uh, but he would never leave, he kind of just persistent yeah he's like i i want to date you i want to be here for you um he did go to a colonoscopy with her and so for her that was kind of like this is the guy he's he's great he will he will never (laughs) leave me (laughs) she's like well you know i've been on the fence about this guy but he knows what the inside of my bowels look like so (laughs) (laughs) just kidding around the time that they started um dating she was going through a really rough patch she did go through a rough divorce before and she had been diagnosed with lupus oh and so meeting chris and him being there all the time was and like supporting her that was meant a lot. how she knew that he was going to be the one for her um they did get married on november 3rd 20 
2012. Okay. And in North Carolina. And then after getting married, they moved to Colorado. At one point in her life, she was told that she wasn't able to have children. Yeah. But eventually they did have girls. Uh, they had two daughters, Bella, who was born in 2013, and Cece, who was born in 2015. Okay. Um... Recently, Shanann shared a video of her telling Chris that she was pregnant. Uh, she wore a shirt that said, oops, we did it again, while holding the pregnancy test and was recording Chris on Facebook Live. So, like, that's a Ooh, lot of pressure to react iffy. properly. <laughs> yeah. A video is one thing, but, like, live? Oh, shit. Right. Because you can't edit it. No, and you can't just be like, never mind, this wasn't meant for the public. Right. <laughs> Um, so when Chris walked in, he was like, oh, I like your shirt, and then kind of, like, laughed at it, but then realized what it said, and then he looked at her, and he was like, wait, really? And it wasn't, like, a, wait, really excited? excited. It was kind of, like, oh, it was kind of cold and not really exciting, and she kind of was the same way. In both of their reactions, it was kind of awkward because it was like, hey, I'm pregnant. Aww. And he was like, oh, why would cool. she make it live if not even she seemed excited? I don't know. Jeez. Um, and so when she was holding the pregnancy test, he was like looking at it and uh. he was like two pink lines. And she was like, yeah, it means it's positive. And yeah. she's like, yeah, but pink doesn't mean it's a girl. And <laughs> she was like, Dumb. no, it means we're having a baby. I don't understand like, how some men just don't understand basic things. It was just kind of weird. Yeah, it was an odd interaction. Like, they've been through that twice. So he yeah. should know Yeah, like what a positive pregnancy mm-hmm. test looks like because they all are pink. Yeah. Or unless if they're the, the digital ones or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's like that on a drug test. It's like that on a COVID test. It's just the, the test, the lines. Yeah. It was a little weird. Um... I think it was because he was a little like, oh, it's pink. We're having more girls Mm. because Mm -hmm. he did want to have a boy eventually. Okay. And so it was their third kid. He wanted a boy. Um, Earlier when I mentioned that she had an appointment that she just would not miss, it was her ultrasound appointment. Mm. That's why Nicole said she wouldn't miss a doctor's appointment. Like, it's really important for her. Um, She was about 14 to 15 weeks along. The thing about this also was that they were about four hundred thousand dollars in debt and so holy hell yeah so adding on another child was probably a huge stress stressor for him yeah and he just didn't oh my god 40 for 400 yeah 400 that's like three homes two homes one home, depending on where you live. Yeah, I was just going to say, what, is that really what it's like here? Because that's not even one <laughs> where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's a lot of money. Um, on that day, on August 14th, the day of disappearance, the police contacted Chris to get information about the girls and about his wife, just to okay. kind of share with the neighbors and an Amber Alert and kind of just go around the neighborhood and see what they can give out to the neighbors and the town or whatever yeah um so they did bring in a sniffer dog his name is cody 
and the handler walked into their house and she was like wow this this house is very clean Mm. it's very like for a house with two kids like it's a little too clean and so it was a little off a little bit Mm -hmm. and so when they brought this dog in brought through the whole house and the dog didn't find anything and so she was like okay that's a little weird like whatever you know he was looking for her scent or just the scent of anything suspicious yeah just to see if they could find anything yeah i guess if he could if he could signal to just something that would be like not normal Mm -hmm. okay um so chris did do press interviews and he was like shenan if you're watching this please come home bring our daughters home Mm. if if somebody took my family please bring them home like it was just kind of weird the way he was doing it i remember watching one interview where he's standing on the porch and he just kind of he wasn't sad he was just like shenan please come home miss Mm. you love you come home not sincere yeah it was i just remember watching it and thinking like this guy had something to do with it because it was really weird i just remember watching it and i even told roz i was like it's a little weird and i don't know I know it's really weird. <clears throat> Don't love so, that. Don't love that. They take Chris into the station and give, and he goes in for a formal interview, and so they go on and focus on this emotional conversation they had. Okay. And yeah. when he talks to them, um, he rephrases it and says that they had an emotional argument, and so they were like, hmm. Okay, that's not what you said earlier. It is a little weird. Apparently, um, during the summer, Shanann and the girls went to North Carolina for six weeks. And Chris did not join because he had work. Um, but he did join at the last week. Of that's a long time to be away from your, your like family. Yes. And um, he didn't join until the last week that okay. they were there. Um, so, kind of a timeline is Shanann flies to North Carolina late June. Chris joins the family on July 31st, and then Ooh. they return to Colorado, and then on August 10th, Shanann flew to Arizona for her conference, okay. and then the 14th is when she went missing. So, it was a really short timeline. During the trip to North Carolina, um, Shanann and the girls decided to take a day trip and go visit Chris's family. Mm. And when they were at Chris's family, the Chris's mom, her name is Cindy, she brought the the girls some ice cream. And apparently the ice cream that Cindy brought to her daughter Cece, um, it was everything that she was allergic to. This girl was <gasps> allergic to breathing, essentially. <laughs> and so... So the grandma Shanann. gives the granddaughter uh-huh. just shit that's going to make her sick. Yeah. So Shanann freaked out. And yeah. she was accusing her of wanting to kill her daughter. <gasps> and it just turned into this huge Ugly. thing. And she was, and Cindy was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know that she was allergic to the stuff. And Shanann was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's your grandchild. Like, you should know yeah. what she's allergic to. Um, and so it just turns into a huge fight. And Cindy ends up kicking them out. And Shanann sends Chris a text message saying, you should call your dad saying that you do not appreciate your mom putting your daughter at risk. And Chris texted back and said, I will call him because this is not fucking cool because it is the kids. I will set this right. 
Um, unfortunately, it didn't get set right on July 15th. They did have a birthday party for Cece, and Chris's parents didn't show up. So they didn't resolve um, the problem. Okay. Um, Someone needs to get over themselves there. Yeah. So when Chris told them this mm-hmm. problem, the police were like, okay, well, maybe this is a reason why she left. Like, she was done with your family. Mm. She was done with the arguments. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is why she left. Um, there was already a history of family drama because according to Chris, he said that his mom did not approve of Shanann uh, because she felt that Shanann was always taking Chris away. She brought him to Colorado. He, she just wasn't a great fit for them. Well, it yeah. was a huge problem to the point where Chris's family didn't show up to Shanann and Chris's wedding. If you're a mom and you're jealous of your son's girlfriend, you need to get over yourself. Yeah. That's just how I feel. Like, he's not there to fill your emotional needs. You need to be happy for him. Yes. I would hate to be that girl. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. To the point where your your family doesn't show up to your wedding. Yeah, like, he's, now you're not being you're not being supportive of your son. It's horrible. Like, how, how much can you really care about him? Oh, Seriously. no. Seriously. They sound like a chipper group. <laughs> Someone I don't want to be around. Yeah. <laughs> um so during this um interview the police asked chris if he felt that if she left or if she was taken mm. and he said before all of this he thought that she left him but with everyone being in and out of his house all of these interviews the reporting he feels that someone um, had taken them or something happened to them yeah, because those are two very big different things. And uh-huh. for her phone and purse to be there, it seems like it wasn't on purpose. But for the ring to be sitting there is like a, it like right. throws off. It throws everybody off about yeah. it. So on the topic of relationships during this interview, they kind of take a slight left turn and say, Hey, Chris, we've noticed that you've lost some weight and you seem like you're really fit nowadays. Hmm. And usually when this happens, it means a man is cheating or he plans to cheat. And immediately (laughs) Chris is like, I never cheated. I lost weight. Yes. I just want to be fit for myself. Um, But he made it very clear that I am not cheating on my wife. Hmm. It was like a thing that he was like very stern about. Yeah, I feel like that is a little weird to say because there are men who are just into fitness. Mm -hmm. But that is a little alarming if that's like an actual stat right um and so that's what they thought too um so they did call chris's supervisor about if he would know anything about chris cheating and his supervisor said that he would have never he would never think that he was cheating because he loved loved his wife so much like Mm. he would never cheat um but they end up do going through some of shanann's text messages and see a conversation between her and her friend um because shanann was worried about his um loyalty to her during her trip to north carolina she had a lot of interactions with chris and some friends and he claimed that he did not see her calls or text messages and he just missed them she once sent a text that said, forget not getting my calls. Fucking call your kids when you wake up because you have not called them once since you've been here on your own. 
Um, huh. So he just kept apologizing through these text messages and makes up a lot of excuses like the call went to my work phone. I didn't see it. Huh. I'm working. Blah, 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 blah. Just a lot of conversation excuses. Yeah. When he joined them in the last week, um, again, she has it all on camera, him showing up at the airport, them going to the beach, and Chris kind of just comes off kind of cold and standoffish. Like, he doesn't really get excited when he sees her (sighs) or the girls. He kind of just gets a little weird. Um, Shanann texted her friend, quote, he has kissed me once since he's been here, and that was at the airport. I kissed him. No grabbing my ass, no hugging or anything. I want to cry. In another text, text, she quotes, Kids are in bed. I took a night shower, meaning I want sex and he knows it. He's fucking over here doing a push-up challenge and not fucking me. I'm crying in silence. He has never been like this. Five and a half fucking weeks with no sex unless if he's getting it somewhere else. So she kind of had a hunch that he was cheating. Um, So she was a little confused. She was pissed. She was scared just because, you know. Her family's at stake. mm -hmm. Um, But he was very serious about, I'm not cheating. This is not, I'm not cheating. And her friends were very Mm -hmm. supportive. Like, he loves you. He would never cheat on you. Um, So they get back to Colorado before the conference. And she writes him a note saying, um... I love you. I miss holding you. I want to be civil. I'll I'll start being civil with your mom. I don't want to lose you. I want our relationship to work. Like this kind of et cetera cetera type of stuff. One more like reaching out. Yeah. So she was clearly trying to do whatever she can to make things work with Chris. She just wanted to do all of the stuff. So into the present day, there is no sign of Shanann during the investigation. And so the investigation continues. Two later... Two days later, on August 15th, Chris agrees to come in for a polygraph, and that was conducted by Agent Tammy Lee. And we like Agent Tammy Lee. Okay. She's a badass bitch. We love a badass bitch. <laughs> so when you watch the interview, she welcomes Chris to the test and just kind of is really calm with him, puts her hand on his shoulder, comforts mm. him. Um, she does tell him, I want you to stay calm. I want you to know that you have nothing to do with this disappearance. Um, because if you did, it would be a bad thing for you to be here. We just want to find out what happened. This is just, yeah, like protocol. Let's yeah, just see how let's this just goes. get it done. Yeah. Um, it would just be stupid if you were here, if you had something to do with them and just kind of just pulls it off and comforts him essentially. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. So they start with the questions with your baseline questions. Is your name Christopher? Mm. Do you live at this address? Blah, 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 blah. Um, And so then they started diving in and asked if he had anything to do with the disappearance of his wife and children. He says, no. Are you lying? No. And after this question, they have to stop the test because his breathing was all over the place. And they were just like, Chris, take a breath. Calm down. Yeah. Chill out. Let's just do this again. Yeah. They want to make sure it's not just that he's nervous. They want to see how this goes. Yeah. So they go through the test again, and then they finish with the question, do you know where Shanann is now? And he answers with no. So Agent Lee walks out with the test results, and the next time you see her, she comes back in with another agent and says, so it is completely clear that you were not honest during your test, and I think you already know that you did not pass the polygraph. 
test, okay? So now we need to talk about what actually happened, and I feel like you're ready to do that. Despite all that Chris keeps saying, he keeps denying that he had anything to do and that he wasn't lying on the test. Um, and so the other agent is like, Chris, stop. It's time to be serious. Like, you need to tell us what happened. Yeah. Um, agent Lee tells him, I can, when you are holding something in, um, there's a reason why your stomach is upset. There's a lot of, it's a making you physically ill. Like yeah. when you're holding a guilty conscience, like it makes you sick. And, oh. and she just said, I can tell from the minute that you walked into this building that you were physically ill. Um, and so then finally he bursts out into confession and tells them he's been cheating on Shanann. And they were like, okay, cool. Yeah, we already know that. Yeah. It's it was been obvious, obvious bud. <laughs> uh, but what Chris didn't know is that that day, earlier, early on, yeah. is that a woman named Nicole, not Nicole. Not the friend. friend Got a it. different Nicole, um, came to the police and said that I'm Chris's girlfriend. Huh. And <laughs> um, these men think we're stupid. She just says, you know, Chris is a good guy, but I am worried about his wife and kids. Yeah. So the police find out that Nicole and Chris met earlier in the year in June as co-workers, but he framed their marriage of Shannon and him mm -hmm. that it was going downhill. He was living in the basement. He did tell her about the girls. Um, and it was just he wasn't happy with her anymore and they weren't together they were just living in the same house but he's yeah. in the basement yeah um it wasn't until the social media and the news outlets and all that stuff is when nicole found out that shanann was 15 weeks pregnant so she didn't even know <sighs> so by the time shanann was gone and by the time chris and nicole were dating shanann was already pregnant yeah so he was dating her while he knew his wife was pregnant gross disgusting yeah. horrible what a great human yeah um and it just kind of adds a whole nother layer to this. Not only was Chris seeing her while Shanann and the kids were in North Carolina, he also saw her on the Saturday that Shanann was gone for her work trip. Um, Shanann had an instinct that something was going on because Shanann told her BFF Nicole mm -hmm. that Chris had booked a babysitter and he told Shanann that he was going to a Rockies game with some friends, but he didn't obviously hmm. because Shanann checked the bank account and saw that he spent $63 at a diner called the lucky dog and she asked what he had and he said I had a salmon and beer and like most women we look up the menu and see what the price prime is and it clearly wasn't $63 for a salmon and beer oh so it was God. dinner for two yeah and damn he could be so stupid yeah <laughs> it was pretty horrible so, with Nicole coming forward, it kind of helped move the case along a little bit. And they did look into Nicole's search history. Oh, hold on. Knocked my water, water bottle down. down. <laughs> <laughs> so, they checked Nicole's search history, which was deleted before she went in. But what she didn't know is that they could bring it up. They can search on that. Um, on July 24th, Nicole Googled, Man I am having an affair with says he'll leave his wife. Ugh. On August 4th, she searched for over two hours for wedding dresses. <gasps> On August 8th, topics were related to marrying your mistress. 
and between August 13th and 14th, there were hours and hours of research of Shannon's name and the kids and all that kind of stuff. She also did research can cops trace text messages. <gasps> and so because of this, they were uh, like, this we gotta look at the text. <laughs> gotta look at the text. Um, and so they did find on Chris's phone one of those like vault yeah. apps. Apps where it yeah. looks like a calculator. And they found thousands of photos of Nicole and him, like nudes and uh, horrible videos up. and just like half-naked pictures of Nicole and just all this crazy gross stuff. Um, they also did find that um, what kind of made Nicole look shady was she was looking up Amber Fry. Do you know who Amber Fry is? It sounds familiar, but remind me. So, she was the mistress in the Lacey Peterson case. Okay. Yeah. And she also researched Amber Fry and did it. Did people hate Amber Fry? Um, wow. She also researched what kind of book deal did Amber Fry get? <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that looks hella suspicious. Mm-hmm. She's like, if right. I'm if I am the girlfriend in this case, I can is this gonna is this gonna benefit me? Also confused why earlier in the month before she went missing, she was spending hours looking at wedding dresses. Like you just met this man a month and a half ago, babe. I'm sure she has some sick, twisted feelings. She's got some plan or something. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Gross. Um. Oh, sorry. Okay. And so at this point, Chris gets pissed when Agent Lee pulls out a fo- photo of her and her kids because she literally pulls out the picture and she was like, this is your children. You yeah. have not cried one time since your kids have been missing. Gross. You might have been like, oh, my wife is gone. Nah, 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 nah. But you haven't cried once since your kids have left. So, like, what happened? That um, would be the concern. So, after he freaked out, they pushed back and asked him if she, if Shanann had done something to, to the girls. And did you feel like you had to do something to Shanann? Chris gets so agitated and says, I want to talk to my dad. I want to talk to my dad. Like, get me my dad. So, they're like, hell yeah, we'll get, your, get you your <sighs> dad in here. And, like, the camera's still rolling. It's yeah. still recording. Like, confess. Do what you need to. So his dad walks in and basically asks if something happened to the girls. And he says, yeah, I, but it, I was so mad I had to kill her. So he basically said that Shanann smothered the children and f- he freaked out and did it to her. The agents come back and ask where they are. And he mm. reveals that his family is at the oil location he had been working at. He had driven them at five in the morning in his truck and he buried his wife and he put his daughters in the oil tank. Oh, um, oh my God. Yeah. So the police say that he killed, they were like, okay, well that's a little weird. So they say maybe you killed them for a new life. Um, but Chris was like, no, I would never do that. I never wanted to kill them. Yeah. I, I snapped essentially. So he's saying that she killed them. <laughs> Yes. And that he just killed her. Because he was so mad at her for doing okay. that. Um, there was a press conference that was held um, and like a vit- uh, candlelight vigil for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and her family was like, no, that is not what happened. You're lying. Mm-hmm. Because when he said that he smothered her, that she just laid there 
and her family was like no she was a fighter and there was not a scratch on him and so they were like he's he's lying there's no way that she would have just killed her daughters that were the light of her life they Mm -hmm. would have never done that and so on november 6 2018 chris was found guilty of murder in the first degree of all three and to a unlawful termination of a pregnancy of their son nico (gasps) so it was a boy yeah oh um, and he also got three counts of tampering with bodies, and he basically pled guilty to avoid the death penalty. Wow. So it was pretty horrible, uh, but it kind of gets a little darker and a little bit worse. So Fun. on <laughs> February 18th, 2019, Agent Lee goes to the prison where Chris is and to go interview him okay and kind of just follow up with him to see how he's doing um but he says he's finally ready to tell the truth about what happened damn so this is what he said he said Shanann got home at like 2 a.m and I just had a feeling she knew what I did that Saturday night was the last straw going out with somebody and using our actual bank account card and just not trying to hide it at all I felt her coming into bed, she started rubbing her hand on me, and we had sex. When we woke up that next morning, I w- pretty much told her that it wasn't going to work anymore. She was like, what happened? What was last night? I knew that there was someone else. I couldn't just say yes, there was someone else. And then she said, you're never going to see the kids again. Get off of me. If I never had met Nikki, I would have never thought our relationship was bad. Probably not. I told her that I didn't love her anymore, and when it, sorry, and then when it happened, she told me to get off of her, and I put her hands around her, and I felt like something was already in my mind that something was going to happen. So I was going to do it that morning, but when she told me to get off her, it just happened. I had no control over it, and I couldn't just let it go. Then Bella came into the room, and she asked me what was wrong with Mommy. She had her little pink blanket around her. Shanann was on the bed face down, and I put Shanann in a sheet and carried her downstairs and pulled the truck up. So his truck was on the street, and then he pulled his truck into the garage. Okay. And later, you find... um, there's like an interview from one of, the, one of the neighbors and was like, yeah, I thought it was really odd because he always parked on the street and he never parked in the garage. Mm. And so he pulled his truck up into the garage at five in the morning. And when police asked him about that, he was like, oh, it's putting stuff in my truck to go to work. Yeah. So yeah, stuff in your truck to go to work. Yeah. What a bitch. Um, let's see. Odd. Um, I pulled the truck up, and then I put the girls sitting in the back seat of the truck with Shanann on the floor. When the kids asked me if Mommy was okay, I said she'll be fine. When I was driving up there, was just sitting and laying. The girls were just sitting there laying on each other in their laps. Honestly, I tried to picture the whole the whole ride up. It was about forty five minutes to an hour, and I couldn't just save my girls. That I could just save my girls' life. He quotes is so weird, and so it's just not making. Sorry, hold on. No, <laughs> you're good. I couldn't just have saved lot. the girl, my girl's life. All I wanted was to be a, a dad my entire life. I wanted to have kids, and I wanted to love them, and I wanted them to love me. When we got out there, Cece was first. I put her blanket over her head, and Bella asked me what happened to Cece. Every time I close my eyes, I start to I start to see 
her say, Daddy, no, Daddy, don't. And that was it. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw up. Yeah. So that was his full confession. He basically just killed his entire family. Because um, he was cheating. Yeah. I literally hate men. Yeah. Um, oh immediately after things happened, he unrolled the girls from school and he reached out to a realtor to sell the house and he texted Nicole that entire day about their future together. Ew. Yeah. I double hate men. Right. Uh, because of all of this, Nicole went into witness protection because she wasn't sure what was going to happen to her. Yeah, yeah. And now he got moved to the prison in Wisconsin. So he is in prison right now, living his best life with all the cheese and beer. Because oh, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. Oh, I hate that story. Yeah, right? Gives me like like the ick times five like it's just like in my stomach right now like i just don't understand it's so horrible why would he's a shitty ass person why wouldn't you just like talk to her why couldn't you just divorce your wife why can't you just be like and like that would have been shitty also but like at least she'd be alive and like she'd be able to like raise her girls to like spot you know like bad men like what the fuck yeah oh i hate it yeah it's horrible so gross Uh, that was really long i'm so sorry was it actually yeah it was like 40 minutes oh no that's not that bad (laughs) it was a good one though no that was a good one and it's one that people definitely know but that is it's a tough one to swallow it's gross hey man (laughs) i'm sorry i keep saying that there are good ones out there i'm just saying this is oh gross you disgusting whores (sighs) really (laughs) It makes me sick. Um, yeah, well, I don't even know how to transition from that one. Because <laughs> I, I actually feel nauseous about it, but it's fine. Um, I have a treat. Maybe it'll be a little bit of a pick-me-up after that. I mean, that was a good one. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying that was a bad story. It's just... It's just gross. It's just gross. Um, are you ready for paranormal then? Of course. Let's do it. Let's do it okay so let me pull up my notes but as i'm gonna do that um colorado true crime i didn't know what to do i'm googling i'm like uh you know what should i do yada yada and then i after a quick wait i'm pulling them up after a quick google search i remembered oh did you want to see the video what's video oh are you talking about chris watts no. Oh, no. Okay. Right. Sorry. <laughs> no. I don't want to think about that, motherfucker. Just kidding. <laughs> um, after a quick Google search, you know, I'm like, paranormal, Colorado. I'm like, looking at certain things. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. And then it hit me that Colorado is the home of the Stanley Hotel. <gasps> so, at first, I was like, oh, another hotel. We've already done a few, and I want to branch out, but I could not pass up the opportunity to talk about the Stanley Hotel. You have to. For those who don't know what the Stanley Hotel is, it is Stephen King's inspiration for the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. It is the reason The Shining exists, and it is just, it's just crazy. Um, I do have some history on the hotel. I have some history about Stephen King's stay at the hotel. And then just fucking bullets on bullets of notes of, like, encounters and shit. 
I'm so excited. So as soon as I found out that the Stanley Hotel was in Colorado, or as soon as I remembered the Stanley Hotel was in Colorado, I was like, fuck yeah, dude, let's do this. Um, I'm going to jump right in. We're going to do some boring history on this hotel real quick. Just kidding. It's not boring. Um, So the Stanley Hotel, well, let's start with the creator of the Stanley Hotel. Freeland Oscar Stanley is a true American businessman. He is the co-founder of the Stanley Steamer, uh, the most popular steam-powered car manufacturer in America. He is the co-owner with his brother, who he also was in business with years beforehand for some sort of like photography film business that he had sold. So the two of them are already just like businessmen through and through. However, in 1903, Freeland Oscar Stanley was diagnosed with consumption, oh, a.k.a. tuberculosis, not eating too much cake, but TB. I swear to God, during that time, everyone and their mom was diagnosed with, with TB. I know, with tuberculosis. It seems like it's just like everywhere. It was the COVID of their time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was deadly. <laughs> I mean, COVID was deadly too, but much, much higher. Um, So at the time, the recommended treatment for TB was a lot of fresh and dry air with as much sunlight as as possible. Not popular. As much sunlight as possible. (laughs) In March of that year, of 1903, um, Stanley and his wife moved to Colorado for the Rocky Mountains, seeking better health for Stanley um, by... What? I said same. Same. <laughs> um, by June, they were staying in Estes Park, Colorado. And over the next few months, Stanley's health improved dramatically. Impressed by the beauty and his recovery while being there, Stanley wanted to stay in Estes more permanently and more comfortably as well. He was not pleased with the rustic accommodations and the social scene because he was a businessman, a very successful businessman. He pulled a lot of damn money. That man had lots of money. He was very high class. He had lots of high class friends and they did high class things. He was very bougie. Oh, he was a bougie Bougie. man. (laughs) So he was not happy with this like rustic, like, you know, scene. He didn't have any like bougie friends there. So um, he decided he wanted to build a place for him to stay while he while he could while he was there, but also for his elite friends to come visit him in Colorado. Okay. So by 1907, construction began on the Hotel Stanley, a 48-room grand hotel that catered to to the class of moderately wealthy. That was the goal. Now, however, the Stanley Hotel is a 420-room hotel in Estes Park, and it is approximately five miles from the entrance of the Rocky Mountain National Park. So it's just like, boom, baby. That's huge. Beautiful. I didn't Um, realize how big it was. Oh, my God. I I will post a picture um, when we release this on our Instagram because it is just like, it's just huge. It's it's, it's like the Overlook. It's If you've seen The Shining, like, it's ginormous. Um, So... Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Something weird's happening with our mics. Hopefully, this is better. Wee wee. <laughs> okay, I think it sounds better. We'll we'll stop again if we have to. Um. So, like I was saying, it's freaking huge. Stanley Hotel is ginormous. The main hotel and concert hall were completed in 1909 in the manor in 1910. 
Um, fun fact. FF. I literally have FF <laughs> written down. FF. To bring guests from the local train station to the hotel, Stanley's car company produced a fleet of specially designed steam-powered vehicles called mountain wagons that seated multiple passengers to bring guests to the hotel. So, like, a car? Yes. Bougie. A bougie (laughs) car. Specifically just, it was named literally just for taking the guests from there to the hotel. It's all it was used for. Wow. Pretty fancy. fancy. Um, So fancy, in fact. Stanley has remarked more than once that he spent more money on this hotel than he made each summer. But it was just his fun passion project. He loved doing this. um, And he had a ton of money. Um, it was only open for the summers, like I just kind of mentioned, like The Shining. Um, the winters are way too brutal, too much snow up there in the mountains. So it is just a summer resort for his friends to visit and for him to work on his health. Um, I would love one of those vacation homes for myself. Right? Um, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he just wants to have a nice little like host place, essentially. Um, in 1926, however... Stanley sold his hotel to a private company incorporated for the sole purpose of running it. Um, He just sold it to them for them to run the business. The venture failed. And in 1929, Stanley purchased his property again to kind of save it from foreclosure and get it back and running. And then he sells it again in 1930. Ooh. Um, he didn't permanently live in Colorado like um, um, he originally wanted to. You know, he was still doing his car business. So I think this was just like a fun little thing for him for 20 years. And he sold it and he was like, got to go. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> Peace. Until 1983, the resort was only open during the summer, shutting down for the winter every year. So in that's pretty much the history on the Stanley. But in 1974, Stephen King stayed at the Stanley Hotel. (laughs) Oh, did he really? For one night and one night only with his wife, Tabitha. He was there essentially like the last night before they closed. Um, His entire stay had been told through interviews um, like, it's been recounted. He's done counts of interviews on his stay at the Stanley Hotel. Um, sorry, my face itches. Um, at the time, King was working on a novel that he had lost inspiration for and was kind of looking for a new setting and a new spark to get his story going. Okay. Him and his wife checked in, and most guests were in the process of checking out. And the hotel was preparing to shut down for the winter. Um, again, if you've seen the Stanley, the Stanley, the Shining, you can <laughs> see where this inspiration is coming in hot. Um, King said he went to the bar and was served drinks by a bartender named Grady. He had stayed in room 217 and he had a pink curtain hanging over his bathtub with clawed feet. And had countless of unique experiences that led him to think, wow, I have my book. <laughs> this is it. The pink curtain <laughs> makes it. This well, is it. <laughs> so he did say, he kind of like says like different things in different interviews. But he does say that um, when he saw, he pulled the, 
the curtain back in the bathtub and he it was unique and he sees the clawed feet in the bathtub um he thinks to himself wow can you imagine if someone died in this bathtub and he says when he has that thought that's when he's like oh i have inspiration for the book light bulb because you know that's a scene that's a huge scene in the movie the shining is the bathtub scene it's like the biggest scene so well, not the biggest, but it stands out. So he says in one interview that when he pulls the curtain back and he has this thought of like, wow, imagine someone died here. That's when he has the inspiration for his book. However, in another interview, uh, King said, quote, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up lit a cigarette, sat in a chair looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time my cigarette was done, I had the bones of the shining firmly set in my mind. End quote. So he kind of says different things in different interviews, but essentially this day just really like like concreted his his plot. He's like, I know what I'm fucking doing light bulb um the main (laughs) setting for the book is a hotel closing for the winter so we can see how this inspired king the main character is also struggling is also a struggling writer um facing his abuse with alcohol which was very relatable to king at the time he was also struggling with alcohol abuse and was struggling to get ideas for his book um he also said here and there, I was trying to find the actual quote and I, after I read it, I couldn't go back and find it, but I, I read and I listened in one podcast that he said that he had encountered several children at the hotel when he was there and was like, there's no way these kids are like actually here. Like what? Like, no, there's no families here. Right now. Like they were ghosts. Yeah. Essentially that's what he alluded to. But I couldn't find the actual quote. He had pretty much said, like, I ran into several kids on my stay that I do not think were alive. Okay. Essentially. What the That's fuck? That's not a quote, but that was essentially <laughs> what he was saying. So. I met these kids and they were fake. Fake news. <laughs> um, after, you know, his Stephen King stay here and, you know, The Shining being as big as it was, um, one of his top three selling novels ever that he made um we can imagine that the hotel itself did not get this reputation of being creepy just from stephen king alone so let's get into the creepies give me some goosies there is an underground tunnel that connects the (laughs) yaw that connects the main building to the staff housing at the time like, I guess, because of snow and because of weather, it was just like a tunnel that linked the main hotel to the staffing. And one evening, a man was bringing equipment through the tunnel, and it collapsed and killed him. Oh, that is my biggest fear about yeah. going into a tunnel. I, like, She's running fast. through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it cannot be um, an easy death for a soul. I'm sure he's trapped there confused and his body is just was just in this tunnel and it's very sad um lord dunraven he was the original property owner and he is rumored to haunt room 401 which was his suite an inspector for historical hotels was being given a tour i'm pretty sure like he was just like someone who was like deeming it as like a historical landmark like type of thing Mm -hmm. and he was there getting a tour and a staff member opened the closet door in Lord Dunraven's suite 
He opened the closet door, and the inspector screams. Oh. And the staff member's like, what? And, like, turns and, like, is very confused and looks at the inspector. And he says he saw a man standing in the closet, and it was suspected to be Laura Dunraven himself. Oh, very okay. creepy. That's so creepy. He is known to hide jewelry in his suite, and it is rumored that you will smell his tobacco while staying there. Um, I'm like sitting in front of this closet, and I'm like, is there someone in there? No, I would let you know. <laughs> I can see into the closet. Um, in room 428, it is commonly claimed as haunted as well. A couple staying in the room were sleeping, and the woman woke up and saw a man pacing at the foot of her bed. Terrified that it was an intruder, you know, she kind of started to freak out until she realized she could see through this man. She went to wake up her husband and turned towards him, but noticed he was already awake. They looked at each other and they looked at the ghostly man (sighs) who then walked over to the woman, kissed her on her forehead and left. Shut the fuck up. Traumatized for the rest of my life. A ghost is going to kiss me on the head. I'm going to be like, what does this mean? Is that the kiss of death? Am I going to fucking die? (laughs) I would like be freaking out. I'd be like, is that good luck? Like, what is it? What was happening? (laughs) I would be so speechless. I'd be like, excuse me. Do you know like that TikTok sound that's like, somebody stole my bitch. That was probably (laughs) my husband like just watching this ghost kiss his wife. He's just like, hello. Um, (laughs) Room 412 is also a very haunted one. Um, a woman woke up freaking out. Her bed was levitating uh-huh. and was freaking out, like kind of having like a full on conniption, screaming. It got so bad that the cops were called to escort her out of the building. Like she could not calm the fuck down. That would be me if Literally. my fucking bed was, was levitating. <laughs> it was so bad that she like needed, they needed to call the cops to like bring her out of the building and like calm her down. Not because she was doing anything wrong, but like staff was probably like, what do I do? This woman is like absolutely freaking not. out absolutely not um room 407 is also reported as haunted someone reported feeling someone sitting on the side of their bed and you can see the indentation of someone sitting there people have reported being tickled in that room that's the worst one by far you're excuse me what you're gonna tickle me this is not funny. As long as it's not the feet. Oh, if a ghost touched my feet. <laughs> gosh darn. If a ghost touched my feet, I'd be like, that's it. That I'm cutting them off. My absolute biggest, Ugh. not fear, but like, I hate my feet being touched. Ugh. Like, hot tubs, I won't do it. Pools, <gasps> like pools, won't do it. Because people like swim next to you or whatever. You like, don't want I'll, your feet to be touched? No. And like, pedicures. And no, I, I don't get my. I, I don't have, do that either. Like if I do it and I like need a pedicure, no. Like I recently got one because my toes were so bad, and I was like, just do it fast. Like I get it over don't with. think I've had a pedicure since probably like 2002. Like this girl does <laughs> yeah. not. I literally was a child probably. Like I no. Uh uh-uh. uh. The only reason why I get them is because I can't paint my own toes this pretty see look how pretty they are they are they are pretty i actually noticed the color before when we were we were making chocolate covered strawberries before we're like <laughs> chefing it up today um i think that this is this is actually really stupid i can't believe i'm gonna say this out loud i paint my own toes in the summer and i always think to myself oh well like even if they look bad like they're so far down like they're so far away nobody's gonna notice but i'm also so <laughs> tall that i'm like people are a good foot closer to my feet than i am so like that's probably not the best practice like, oh, well, you can't really tell <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> it's so bad I, that's literally me sometimes i'm like 
maybe if I wear like semi open toed shoes, you nobody will notice. notice. <laughs> My first couple toes look good. Who's gonna know? <laughs> Nobody's gonna know. No, everybody's gonna be looking at our uh, feet. Probably. I'm wearing socks <laughs> for the next eight months. Um, <laughs> okay. So last specific room I'm going to talk about is room 217. It is the most notoriously famous haunted room. It is the room from The Shining. It is the room that Stephen King stayed at. However, it was not 217 in The Shining because staff thought no one would want to stay in a haunted room, which is like, hello, ding, ding, ding. Yes, they do. You're correct. They found out the hard way so it was i believe 237 but it was about room 217 in this in, in the, that's the actual room number in fact jim carrey himself Ooh, what a guy stayed in room 217 and he only lasted three hours before having to leave the premise and he refuses to talk about what happened i remember hearing that yeah yeah and i feel like okay that could just be like a oh yeah like he just wants to like you know He's just making it up and he doesn't want to say anything. Like, probably nothing happened. But, like, why would – it's not like he's an investigator. Like, why would Jim Carrey, of all people, be like, no, I don't want to talk about my experience there. Like, well, he's a comedian. Like, yeah. you think he would make jokes or something yeah. about like, oh, it. But oh, if he this. was like, absolutely not. Like, this is not for me. Still, people don't know what happened. And he only lasted three hours before he had to leave the entire property. Not get a new room. Like, At least he didn't get kissed on the forehead. Ooh, or his feet touched. I don't oh, even. Hell, God, no. Maybe all the above. Actually, maybe that's what happened. It was like one person like touching him from head Red to toe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. It's fine. Why do I feel like I am too? Like, all, like this isn't even that scary. But for some reason, I'm like still icked I'm about. Like, I'm kind of Chris. Out. What is his name? Chris Pratt? No, that actor. <laughs> that's Chris Watt. <laughs> Watts. I don't. Know. Sorry to the actor. <laughs> Not to compare you, but Chris Pratt, Chris Why Watt, same thing. Chris Pratt? As soon as it left my lips, I was like, damn it. <laughs> anyway, oh um, Stanley's wife is known to play music in the music room, and her apparition has been seen there, and she's been photographed on the main staircase several times. So Stanley's wife is a big repeated ghost. She did play music. She did love music. So she's often heard just playing music coming from the music room. Guests have reported like eating dinner and being like, oh, I love that music. And there's nobody there. Um, she's been seen and photographed, like I said, several times. So she is like a repeat offender. Um, many kids have been seen running and playing and whispering. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. Playing hide and seek. <laughs> peekaboo. Peekaboo. Clapping. Oh, God. And Absolutely not whispering like i said i'm just gonna repeat whispering because ew double ew um stephen king also reported seeing children like i said but the thing that's the weird part about the children is they can't figure out like where they came from they're like they don't have like dozens of kids dying on the property reports like they're just like what are it's these kids just doing like here some random ghost kids are like hey this place looks fun let's live here well it also anytime i ever hear things like that it always makes me think like that's not a kid it's not a kid it's a demon that's something pretending <laughs> to be a kid and it makes me so uneasy like oh i can't yeah. um <laughs> several ghosts have been photographed um which only further creates the narrative that the Stanley's haunted. They've had photographs published, um, like, on CNN and, like, all different news outlets. Like, some – in the paranormal community, like, 
alarmingly well-documented ghost pictures that are like, wow, like that's like on our side proof. Like that's a good picture. Several of them have been taken at the Stanley. Oh. So it really perpetuates the idea that the Stanley is one of the most haunted locations. Um, that's a pretty big bullet. And then I just go back to some like random account, but whatever. <laughs> um, someone reported a shampoo bottle from a tub was thrown across the room towards them. They went to go this into their room. This is bad for your hair. <laughs> no, literally. They're like, is that suave? <laughs> Tresme. I, I use Tresme. I'm not even. <gasps> Tresme is like the worst one. It has so much wax on your hair. Buy any other cheap shampoo. That's my brother. My brother has great hair and he like swears by Tresme and I'm like, that's the one that's going to coat your hair the fucking most. I wash my hair once a week, so I think. Valid. Okay. okay, yeah. He washes it every day. <laughs> Valid. Okay. And it's cheap at Walmart. No, so. it is. Um, But yeah, some ghost apparently threw the shampoo bottle from the tub. They saw it leave the tub and it went across the room towards them. That creeped them out. Um, Someone also reported hearing clapping coming from their closet. Diff- these are two rooms I didn't know exactly where they came from, but... They came from the Stanley. Um, One of my last bullets here is a little girl in a pink dress has been spotted countless of times. She is a continuous repeat offender like Stanley's wife and like Laura Dunraven. Her connection to the hotel like the other children is unknown, which makes her even more mysterious. But there has been enough reports that she is a regular spotted apparition. Today, the hotel does offer tours. And sometimes on these tours, people will report seeing an unaccompanied little girl. And they will question if she's okay. They will question the tour guide. They will see her standing alone and kind of ask questions. And every time it's the little girl in the pink dress that they have no idea who she is. Creepy. Creepy. Yeah. She's just out here for the spooks. She's like, does anybody got a lolly? (laughs) Lolly, lolly. That's, uh, That's pretty much all I got on the stanley i mean there's so much like that place is like so rich in history but that's not what we're here for but there are lots of good documentaries and podcasts on it you should definitely give it a listen if you like this little sneak peek on it because there's so much crazy history in that Mm -hmm. place and um it's like a good like if you don't know if you believe in ghosts or not like it's a good starter yeah for sure yeah yeah it's it's definitely debunked some things (laughs) for the paranormal world i mean um, I'm pretty sure. I oh, know, not pretty sure, because I watched it. Uh, Ghost Adventures. Ugh. Zach Bagels. God. Zach Baggins has been there. Um, as well as Ghost Hunters. I love Ghost Hunters, like from mm-hmm. the city sci-fi. Yeah. You got it. Um, other famous investigators from all over have been there for you know lots of things, but to me, the thing that I don't care how many ghost event ghost adventures, how many ghost <laughs> investigators go there. The fact that Stephen King stayed there and, like, had just, like, kind of weird experiences on his own just, Mm -hmm. like, kind of solidifies it for me. Yeah. Like, he says that it was eerie. Like, you know, the place had already been packed up for the guests. Like, they they sat and had dinner in the dining room and all the chairs at all the other tables were kind of picked up and the bar was empty and all this stuff. And he still had these, like, weird random Mm. interactions. So, for me, Stephen King does it for me. We should go and find a ghost tour around here. Around here. I don't know how, like, haunted anything will be because whatever, but. I do know. I know I said this last week, I think, unless that wasn't on air, but I say on air. On (laughs) air. We're live. Um, (laughs) um, I do know there's a haunted hotel in Ogden, 
I've oh. like listened to two podcasts on it. We could go check it out. We should. Bum bum bum. Less yeah. than these haunted hotels. <laughs> we like a good hotel. Love a good We're haunting. We're gonna be sick of them super soon. I think I I love the haunted hotels, the haunted hospitals. Like those are like my favorite little paranormal things. Like everybody's got their own like things mm-hmm. that they get the most excited about but i do love a haunted hotel i love that that yeah. kind of story same it's very spooky ooky. it just makes me reconsider going to a hotel. yeah i think we said that the first time we did it because it, it makes <laughs> it does make me think like every time i go to a hotel like mm, is, is this place is there somebody watching you shower <laughs> is my shampoo bottle gonna get thrown at me gosh darn it your hair's disgusting and you're like, that one was expensive, okay? That Moroccan oil bottle was not cheap. God, I paid my Olaplex. $9 for it. <laughs> my Olaplex. Um, <laughs> okay, that is all I got. So that was Colorado. High five. High five. Woo. Woo. Next week's Connecticut. Connecticut. We're heading to the East, baby. Let's go. Connecticut. Um, I'm excited for that one. I did my notes on that one. I'm very excited. I got a goodie. A goodie, a goodie. Same. Or so. we might have a really long episode. <gasps> okay. First save, long episode. Save episode seven, Connecticut, for your deep cleaning of your house and or your road trip. Road trip season. Hopefully it's a road trip for you. Because mine's going to be long and really good, though. I don't think mine is, is too long, but it is really good. I think it's okay. like four or five pages, though. All right. Sweet. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Please remember to like subscribe give us five stars share do your thing we are allies to the paranormal community now so yeah we did we say this last week i think we like decided that you guys are normies our listeners are normies normies. if you have other suggestions maybe hit us up because you're all our friends so i keep (laughs) i keep saying normies i kind of love it though normies i kind of love it um (laughs) and you know follow us on our socials say hi Please keep posting. Share, at share, share. My true at normal. my true normal on Insta and Twitter, but we really suck at Twitter. Let's just stick to Instagram. We'll for just now. get really hot on Insta. Yeah, yeah. We'll Pop stick to off. that. Um, right. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next Monday Hello. for Connecticut. Love y'all. Love you so much, and we will catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.